0: Blue wire.
2: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, my guy, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing?
3: Man, I can't keep up with this stuff. Uh, shout out to Corey on the. Not the Corey that I give a lot of hate to, but a better Corey who provides really good Detroit Pistons analysis. Awesome episode with Bruce Bowen. Uh, that would not. Bruce Brown oh man Bruce Bowen oh man I've been doing I that I almost called him Bryce
2: Brown so it's all good <laughs> Bruce, Bruce Brown yeah that was a great episode happy to have Corey on gave us a really in-depth look at what he can provide and it feels like that news got swiped under the rug in the matter of like 10 seconds so that was still a really good trade for the Nets make sure to check out that podcast on all streaming platforms including otgbasketball.com and Blue Wire Pods but we're talking James Harden Jack. And a lot has gone on over the last seven days in regard to James Harden. He wants to come to Brooklyn. We know that. The real question is, is Houston willing to trade him? And can the Nets meet their trade
3: package demands? I mean, it's a, it's a big question, Nick. Uh, also, shout out to Janan Moussa, Mets Twitter favorite. We'll have to do a... We'll have to open a Patreon. I've got OnlyFans for Joe Harris. Let's get a, a Patreon for, for Janan Moussa content going forward. But shout out to Janan Moussa. Uh, the real number 13 for the Brooklyn Nets. In saying that, this news, it's been developing day by day, Nick. The, the shocking thing for me, I think the shocking thing initially for everyone, was that Houston offered a two-year, $103 million Mm -hmm. extension, the first ever player in NBA history to possibly become a $50 million a year. That's some Lionel Messi, buddy. Like, how shocked was that when you saw that there? I mean, I was definitely shocked, but
2: I also was like, wow, like James Harden really wants to come to Brooklyn. Like he said, you know what? I'm good on the money. Keep that extra, probably like $20 million, I would have to assume. The Nets aren't going to be able to offer that. And maybe they are. I guess he could be a Supermax, but that's way down the line. It just it just seems like no, I don't want to deal with this. I want to be out of Houston. I want to go to Brooklyn and that wants to be my new squad. And all of a sudden it's crazy. It kind of reminds me of when the Nets first were mentioned in terms of being on Jimmy Butler's trade list. You remember that? And we were like, you know what, even if the Nets don't me get Jimmy Butler, it means a lot because now they're starting to be a destination. Now that just like times 10 because they already have Katie and Kyrie. And now one of the top five, top 10 players in the NBA said, Hey, I want to come play in Brooklyn and I don't really care what my team says. I don't even care if they get a good trade package. I think they need to trade me to Brooklyn.
3: Yeah. It's pretty wild that, I mean, I posted a tweet that's done a little bit of traction with, you know, the Drake recreated this, and it's Sean Mark, and I said, like, Sean Marks going from Archie Goodwin, Justin Hamilton, and, like, Louis Scholar, or now we've got KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. It's it's pretty insane, Nick, as fans, because it, it makes you sort of reflect as a fan of any sort of team to just sort of see that feels journey. like a dream. <laughs> it does. It's, it's hard. Like, you know, I reflect on like the big pods we've done along the way, you know, the KD announcement, the Steve Nash announcement, all these different moments. And it just feels like an absolute whirlwind despite the fact that, you know, it, it everything is happening so fast and rapidly. You know, the Russell Westbrook news, how does that affect the Brooklyn Nets in terms of where he goes if they want to try and retain him if they mm. can't get value in return? Does that affect James Harden wanting to leave? You know, it seems to me at least from the reading the tea leaves to quote some other reporters out there to read the tea leaves. I'm going to say that James Hahn wants to be in Brooklyn and I think he's going to do an Anthony Davis and say, you know what? I want to be in Brooklyn. I'm playing with KD and Kyrie and that's it. Anyone else who signs me and that affects Houston. And, um, uh, who's their front office guy now? Uh, Raphael stone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Obviously a few weeks ago yep, Raphael Stone, Tillman Fratada, all those sort of guys going forward. It's going to be tough for them. And I know the player in power movement gets uh, plenty of criticism from a lot of media and fan folks, but I love it. LeBron James set the standard 10 years later. Uh, here we are. It's, uh, this is, this is crazy, Nick. It's absolutely wild stuff. And to have one of the uh, a perennial MVP contender, one of the best players in the league, to form maybe the best big three duo in the NBA, or clearly the best big three duo in the NBA right now, despite the fact what Milwaukee Bucks fans might think. Please, Drew Holiday, <laughs> come on! Who needs Drew Holiday when you're going to get James Harden, baby? Uh, it's hard to keep up, Nick. And the the news has steadily been trickling out. And we, who do we trust? Who don't we trust? Pooch is back! Shout out to my guy Pooch.
2: Yeah. He obviously had some big news saying that, you know, it looked like an agreement was verbally agreed to. And that looked to be the case And that, you know, this is a trade that was going to happen. It was more of a matter of when and what. And then we got kind of conflicting reports later on, you know, saying that Houston was ready to take James Harden and Russell Westbrook in the training camp and quote unquote, have, you know, an uncomfortable uh, meeting or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I'm sure we're going to have, like somewhat of an answer as the days progress, but you never know. This is the type of thing that could really drag out. And, you know, with all the reports, and you can definitely see it from Houston leaking stuff, James Harden's team leaking stuff, and even probably the Nets leaking a little yeah. bit too. And and also you see other teams leaking stuff that, no, we're not interested. You know, there was that report that Boston was trying to flip Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker for assets to make a move for Harden. That came out and got refuted. So just a t- going on at all different angles.
3: Yeah, one thing I, I want to ask you about that in terms of the Nets rivals, I guess, in, in the in the services for getting one of the best players in the game, James Harden. But before we do get to that, one of the first person, people to sort of bring this news to, to the air and, and on Twitter was Farbod uh, Esnashari. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, an SI rider who a lot of people were like, does this, do I trust this guy? It felt like every second tweet on my timeline was like, do we trust this guy? You know, he's not poo, he's not Woj, he's not Shams. But... His most recent response you sent to me, Nick, and I think is worth sort of uh, regaling to, to everyone who's listening along at home. He said this, uh, and, and this was in response to uh, any hardened updates. He said, seems like everyone is posturing. My source has been telling me deal is verbally done and they gave me the intel before everyone. Puccio uh, also re- reported that verbal agreement. If Houston isn't posturing, then they're going full DeAndre Mabs cold turkey. How? What do you think when you sort of see this news uh, in terms of, I don't know, Nick, it, it's I guess it's a stalemate uh, right now, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it looks,
2: it looks like they're trying to get those extra picks or those extra swaps possibly or just raise the bar, or maybe they're like, you know, we accepted this trade and now they're hearing other offers or other possibilities and they're kind of getting cold feet and being like, you know, this is James Harden, we want more. So I'm not really sure. It feels like, you know, you think the teams would come together and be like, all right, this is something we're going to get done. Harden clearly wants to go there. But like I said, you know, the Rockets have super high demands and you don't really know what the Nets are offering. And, you know, how much Sean Leverage, Sean Sean Leverage, Sean Marks is trying (laughs) to kind of leverage his position and knowing that James Harden is only asking to come to the Nets. You know what I mean? And Kevin O'Connor reported today that it's highly unlikely that it's not likely that um, the Rockets would do a deal with Philly and Daryl Morey.
3: Yeah, um, and um, I guess sort of that leads me to the question nick we sort of talked about the fact that tim mcmahon uh, who is probably the most plugged in houston Rockets reporter going around other than kelly eco sort of saying that they don't care if they have to go into camp and have an uncomfortable unhappy james harden and situation there not sure how much i buy into that like you mentioned it could be sort of uh, posturing for some leverage purposes now in saying that does the longer this drag on benefit the nets benefit philly benefit Denver, I don't know all these teams that could get into the race, or does it benefit Houston? Like th- th- this is dragging on. We could have seen this uh, happen a lot quicker. You know, we saw the Anthony Davis saga. He he's sort of like, look, I'm not going anywhere else but the Lakers. We saw him spend half a damn season, you know, skipping games and stuff for for the New Orleans Pelicans and sitting out and resting and all these different sort of things. Could we see that happen for, for the Houston Rockets? And I guess th- from the Nets side of it, how does it make you sort of feel? Yeah, I mean, I think
2: it's a possibility. You don't really know because obviously James Harden doesn't really like to miss games. He's a guy that loves to play. Even when they tell him to rest, he usually goes out there. So it's almost like a hard time seeing him sit out. But maybe it's something he would kind of use against them and be like, hey, this is something I'm willing to do. Or I don't know how we'd go about that, trying to force his like final stance. And in terms of like helping and hurting the Nets, I think from, you know, there's probably both sides of it. You know, the longer it drags out, the shorter the contract gets. You know what I mean? By the time you get to the trade deadline, now all of a sudden it's a year and a half instead of two years, because obviously that last year is a player option. So you look at it from that perspective, but it's also holding the Nets back because they can't make any other moves if they want James Harden. And the way it seems is like if you're if you have the option to get the best possible trade asset or star on the market you're probably going to wait out for it because the difference in getting James Harden and another guy is still pretty substantial. Obviously, you're giving up more for James Harden, but he's that level of a player that could really turn this team into a dynasty or they could dominate for the next
3: three years. Dominate is a word that has been used by Kevin Durant himself. And, you know, reporters have spoken about the fact that Nets want to dominate. And, you know, when you have a big three as talented as Katie, Kyrie, and James Harden, obviously there's plenty of negatives we can dispute about it. But we're going to touch on the sort of new stuff and we'll probably revisit and maybe have some more buzzes going forward. Hopefully the next one we do have is a, an announcement one, an emergency buzz. But 2020
2: has reshaped how we work. And it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be more efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there's no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching with candidates candidate instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only site that moves as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com blue wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win the season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts.
3: The one that I saw, Nick, that I thought sort of stuck out to me a little bit was Mark Berman of Fox Sports and and, and Fox affiliation. who And the accreditation, I sort of saw that. I was like, hmm, he's followed by Woes, Kelly Eco, these sort of people. So I saw the legitimacy in this tweet that he put out. He said, NBA sources confirm multiple reports that James Harden does not, does want to be traded, but only to the Brooklyn Nets where he would be reunited with Kevin Durant. Is there any other team that can stop the Brooklyn Nets from acquiring the Beard? I think, you know, you still have to consider
2: Philly, even though I mentioned Kevin O'Connor had that report. Like, if they offer Ben Simmons and other assets, they're overpaying essentially for, you know, James Harden to some some extent. And then you have to, you know, consider that as a possibility. I'm not locking it in, but that'd be a team that still would make you nervous. Because, I mean, looking across the league, there's not really another star that you could get of that level without kind of impacting the team that James Harden would be going to. I think that's the difference in a lot of these situations where, you know, a team might be able to have the assets to trade for James Harden, but if they do, they're ruining their team, and they're not going to necessarily have the players there. You know, Denver probably could do it with Michael Porter Jr. You know, that's that's something that could happen too. I think, you know – maybe Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie were like two or three years younger, the Nets would be in a better position here. It seems like Houston, if they do get a young player or a quote-unquote budding star or something like that, they want them to be probably under 25. And that's where it kind of hurts the Nets, where Karis LeVert, you know, 25 turning 26 or 26 right now, and then Spencer Dinwiddie, 27, 28. So, like, they just don't have the young enough assets in which Houston's looking for. And there's other teams that do, sorry to cut you off, Jack, but like I mentioned, there's still going to be problems in making that happen. Like you look at Miami, if they trade Bam, then it's just Jimmy Butler and Harden, which is still great, but it's not to the elite level in which Kyrie and Katie and Harden would be, or even Joel Embiid and James Harden, Nikola Jokic and James Harden.
3: Yeah, no, it's it's a totally fair point. Now, we heard that the impetus and the... The start of all of these rumors and and these murmurings was because Katie and and uh, James Harden apparently met in L.A. Now, obviously Katie is a pretty damn good recruit. If this is happening, and Serge is coming as well, but in saying that, Nick, the, the, what makes me think is that Harden must see the fact that Kevin Durant's like, damn, Katie's back. That's my best chance to win a chip. Now,
0: yeah. whether he
3: just sees it as a better chance than Houston, or he sees it as the best chance, because James Harden could pick to go anywhere. You know, when you are he a, take an Golden A-level State. superstar, he, he could do it and they'd be like, cool, have Clay, have Draymond, have the number two pick, and have future first rounders, have the Minnesota pick. But he doesn't. He wants to come and play with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, obviously there's something there and i think that that's what intrigues me most: the fact that he's choosing to come to brooklyn mm-hmm. now obviously we love the culture brooklyn nets we have the delo nets we got to give a shout out to those guys but right now this is the superstar nets and this is what makes me more excited because right now the superstar nets have a chance of winning some chips
2: yeah multiple chips is a possibility if you get james hard and obviously there is negatives to the situation too but It's great that he wants to play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I believe Brian Windhorst reported that those two were very close during their Team USA days in regards to Kyrie Irving and James Harden. So I think there's been some reports out there saying, oh, Kyrie doesn't want James Harden. They've been refuted. Obviously, you you can make your own decision on that.
3: Yeah, I guess we can get to that and touch on it a little bit more, Nick, because we've seen differing reports when it comes to the fact that we had people sort of—I think it was Rick Carmel—was sort of just saying, reading the tea leaves, it sounds like James Harden wants the but Kyrie Irving doesn't want Harden. There's people behind the scenes saying that not everyone is interested in the idea. Then we saw, you know, Scoop B, who you know gets a lot of hate, and you know we give you know some criticism where criticism is due, but when it comes to Kyrie Irving stuff he seems pretty damn plugged in. He seems to have the the best sources when it comes to Kyrie Irving, like his uncle and his dad and all these people. So when that comes out and, you know, he was asked and he came to his sources in relation to Kyrie Irving, not wanting James Harden, he said, quote, fiction. Now, where do you stand, Nick? Obviously uh, we also saw like we've seen Instagram posts jump on from their Team USA days as well. I think I think the the truth always lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Kyrie's ecstatic about it because he knows he's not
2: going to get as many touches, and he probably becomes you know third man on the totem pole, probably, or he's fighting for those second you know second on the totem pole, and it's never going to really work out. He's the guy that's probably going to have to take the most of a backseat, so maybe he's not super excited, but at the end of the day it's I couldn't really see him turning down James Harden and I think there is some type of relationship there like they don't hate each other there's no bad blood it's not like a situation with like Katie and Draymond where there was bad blood and that's the trade that you just can't make or you know Russell Westbrook and Katie or something like that so I think you know maybe it's not perfect but I don't think it's a problem
3: no neither do I I I think that you know we've seen Kyrie play the second fiddle we've never seen him play necessarily the third fiddle because in Cleveland you know Kevin Love was that guy and you know based off the the, the stature of these players and in the, their production i also think that James Harden gives you insurance superstar yep. insurance and i think that that's something that a lot of people smart people that i've heard sort of say look KD, you know You don't know what's going to happen yet. Now, obviously, we, we've talked about the fact that James Harden wants to come back. You know, Jared Allen was, was pretty damn enthused. He's just like, you know, KD's back. You're going to see KD as KD again. We spoke about Gilbert Arena, so John Moore talking about him. That's awesome. But he hasn't done it on an NBA court yet. He's done it in LA gyms against some good players, albeit. Kyrie Irving barely plays 70 games in the regular season. That shoulder is going to be some sort of an issue, and I don't expect him to be fully damn healthy. James Harden, like you mentioned at the start of the podnik, wants to play all games of basketball. You know, he's probably going to want to win the MVP this season or something. Obviously, that's a discussion for another day. But the man is durable. The man gets out there. He's playing basketball no matter what. Now, obviously, he's doing. he's got some other extracurricular activities, which we fully endorse. Anyone's allowed to explore those extracurricular activities. But in saying that, I think that that is something that would really benefit the Nets in terms of, look, Karis and Spencer can ably step up when the injuries happen to, uh, or the resting or the load management happens to KD and Kyrie. But man, the load management, when that does happen, and you have James Harden leading the team, it's just like, it's a bevy of riches.
2: Well, for example, like if, let's say, you know, KD and Kyrie are resting, they both have injuries, or 10, they're out for 10 games or something like that. With Spencer and Karis, you might, you know, go 7-3, 6-4, and, three, six and four. You have James Harden, and you don't have KD and Kyrie. You might go 10 and 0 still. Like he's he's yeah. that good. You know what I mean? Like he can literally carry the load. And like you said, not only in the regular season, kind of you don't want to push KD to the maximum. And the same thing for Kyrie, you don't want to max these guys out during the regular season. James Harden can carry a bigger load, and he wouldn't even have to carry the same load that he used used to carrying in uh Houston, which really hurts him come postseason time because he always looks fatigued. So maybe this is kind of help him unlock a different aspect of them and you know I think you're in regards of what you know, smart people being Zach Lowe and Zach Lowe also mentioned the idea of like if you have one of these guys go down in a playoff series having three stars and then having two you can still win that series where if you just have Kyrie and KD and all of a sudden KD goes down it's just on Kyrie to win the series that's tough but if you're talking Kyrie and James Harden you still feel pretty good about winning the series
3: I mean, it's happened to the Golden State Warriors. They've won, ch- they've won chips when you know KD missed a, a whole series, and and you know he came back for for the second round and stuff. That could happen to the Brooklyn Nets. And obviously, that's thinking far ahead because James Harden isn't even on the team yet. But in in saying that, Nick, the I know a lot of people weren't able to read the insider piece from Zach Lowe, but I somehow was able to read it before it became an insider piece. The interesting thing that I saw was the fact that he sees, at least at that point in time, this was yesterday, a lot's happened since yesterday, that the Nets have at least a little bit of leverage because James Harden wants to go there. And they are at least in some form of prime position. Houston still have James Harden on their roster. So obviously they are still prime A. But that allows them to go, look, we're not giving you three unprotected picks like uh, like uh, the Milwaukee Bucks did for Drew Holiday. And obviously, that's a discussion for another day. Uh, we spoke about Drew Holiday. It's going to be weird not to speak about Drew Holiday on future podcasts. But do you think that we could see another Billy King 2.0 if we see unprotected picks for the next seven years or however many years it is i'm not i'm not totally averse you're you're much better when it it comes to the cap and and the pick sort of stuff or do you think the nets could be like all right top three protect that one we'll give you one unprotected one we'll top three protect that one because at the end of the day sean marks knows what he inherited he doesn't want to leave or or go back five steps to to where we were in 2015-16 yeah
2: it's a really tough situation because of you know. Boston celtics and the nets and the kg paul pierce trade obviously but james harden is a different level player he's better than you know probably kg and paul pierce ever were maybe or close to it you know what i mean in terms of like peak level like consistently being an mvp level player like you know what you're getting with james harden so i think you feel a little safer and i heard brian winhorse bring this up is maybe you kind of convince james harden he has to accept the last year of his player option So you have them for three years. You feel a little bit safer, but still, they're obviously up there in age. But the difference here is, like, the Nets obviously had an opportunity to win a championship when they traded for KG and Paul Pierce. A lot of things still had to go right for them. The Miami Heat still existed. They still had their big three, and there were still other variables for the Nets that didn't work out. If they get you know James Harden and they pair that with KD and Kyrie, you're talking about having three top 15 players. You know what I mean? Like this is an opportunity that you'll, you might never get again in franchise history. Like teams never get this opportunity ever. And this is a team that you could put together that could be an all time team. I'm not saying it's a guarantee that happens, but if you have an opportunity to do it, you almost need to make it happen. And obviously, like you said, the nets have some type of leverage, but they also lack the assets and what you would need to get to a James Harden level player. So you're kind of, you know, just have to be willing to give up the extra picks, and it might hurt down the road, but I guess if you're Sean Marks, you've kind of come back from that before,
3: so you can do it again. Oh, wow, we've already got the faith. (laughs) i love to hear it. Now, I'm uh, ever the skeptic on this podcast, and I just... I can't help but think back. I know a lot of other people have spoken about it, other Nets podcasts and stuff. I think it was BK to Nets um, or the London, the UK to Nets uh, podcast also spoke about it. it. It does give me similar sort of vibes, Nick, but obviously you judge each situation individually. You know, obviously James Harden, 31 years old, uh, KG and Paul Pierce, 36, And, you know, it's completely different. James Harden has it, I would say, three, four really quality years in him, despite the fact that he has quite a, a few miles on his legs. He just knows how to play basketball. He just knows how to get out there. Play, win, and impact on 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 a winning level. You know, when you have James Harden, you have a top three, top five offense by itself. When you put in Gadi and Kyrie, then it's going to be top two, top one. And if it's not, then it's goddamn disappointing. So, I I am slightly worried. You know, because of the fact that you know, yes, Sean Marks maybe can get himself back there, but you are this. I guess it is this is the all-in scenario. Like. Yeah, the the similar. You're not gonna pack-
2: get any more all in than this, I think. <laughs> like
3: no, because you know Bradley Beal is the the other guy we've spoken about in many a pods, and you know a similar package would likely be given up for him, but the Nets can't. The I think the way that they can leverage or. You know, incentivize their package has to be with those unprotected picks but whenever I see unprotected picks it just it makes me worried Nick it makes me really really worried and you know drafts going forward what will the Brooklyn Nets be you know at that point in time you know is Nicholas Claxton going to be leading the team is Josh Green going to be the superstar that we get <laughs> uh, I have no idea and, and it, it's worrying I think the draft is happening really really soon as well and it's <laughs> The Nets don't get this done before the draft. Does that affect them? That's something that I haven't really thought about.
2: Yeah, I definitely think it does have an impact. And I'll just say this too. Even if the Nets hypothetically were, let's say, they get Kyrie, they get Katie, they get James Harden, and it doesn't work out, all these guys come off the books at some point and the Nets would have an open slate of of cap. So it's like they wouldn't have draft picks, but if, like, Brooklyn is becoming this destination. They might be able to get on the next wave of free agents or sign those big guys or only maintain some of them. And I feel relatively confident about James Harden and Kevin Durant aging pretty well. And Kyrie Irving's only 28, so he can obviously hold on a little longer. And, like, getting to the picks, I think that the debate between the Rockets and Nets probably has a lot to do with how soon are the picks coming over to Houston. Yeah. Because if you're getting 26 and 28, you're feeling really good if you're the Rockets. If you're getting... You know, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty two. You're just like late first round picks. Not really that great.
3: Yeah, I think that in in some form or another, that there has to be a give and a take. And I think that that it's again, it's it's a push and a pull situation. And and I'm wondering who is gonna who's gonna blink first. You know, at the end of the day, when was the last time we saw it? I mean, I mentioned the last time, but when was the last time we saw a disgruntled superstar? change his mind and be like you know what i want to do it here kobe bryant was the, probably the dwight last one would
2: probably be the only one and it's related to the nets too which obviously sucks because they had the whole dwight mare situation and dwight- Mayor, yes. yeah had the, decided to sign the extension for one year at the deadline when the reports were that he's going to be in brooklyn so i mean i'm not i don't think james harden is dwight howard though like i don't see james harden really flipping his mind and like you said I think the connection to Kevin Durant and playing with him and those things and realizing like he heard everyone talk shit about him like similar to KD did when he was on uh, OKC like oh he didn't win championships he's not clutch he's he's not an all-time great so getting to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant he feels really confident that they can win a championship so uh and just it just you just got to do it like that's the only way I honestly, I'm not really as scared about the picks because if it happens, it happens. But the Nets get two championships and they suck for six years afterwards. I'd probably easily take it.
3: Yeah, look, there's things that you're willing to sacrifice for the chance, the true chance at like NBA ultimate glory. Now, what would the Nets, let's look at it from the other side of things to sort of finish things off, Nick. If the Nets don't get James... I'm sorry, I
2: did ignore your question, Jack, if you want me to get to it about the draft. I, I, I do think that it does have some type of impact because if you're Houston and you you want a draft in this draft, you want number 19 so you can make that pick yourself. The Nets can make a pick, but they're not going to make it for the Rockets because they have no guarantee this trade's going to go through. And if they do make a pick that you think is for Houston, that probably should give you confidence. I don't think this this draft is the end-all be-all, like we could still see a trade happen on December 5th, you know, much as we know. But it definitely is a time that the Nets want to get things done. They want to get things moving and understanding where they're going to next season because who knows? They might want to buy a late first-round pick from somebody to get a first-round pick or even, you know, buy a second-round pick to draft somebody they think could be a role player on next year's team. And that roster is drastically different with James Harden than it is with Spencer Dean, Karis he Jared Allen and whoever else is, you know, part of the deal.
3: Yeah, absolutely. In saying that, where do you think it leaves the Nets if they were to be in that case? Does this disenfranchise the likes of Spencer, Jarrett, uh, Karis, Levert? I-, I know a lot of those guys, you know, know that this is a business. Spencer Dinwiddie we've spoken about it, that quite a lot. Karis probably is is similar. I think their character would be okay, but you know, you can't help, but feel like it's, it's you're doing any job where you're dealing with human beings, you know, there's going to be some hurt feelings involved in some sort of respect and some smoothing might need to be done. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think somebody like Spencer Dunwoody, you look at it and if I'm Spencer, I'm just like, yo, I can't wait to get out of here. I'm signing my new deal. Like I probably don't want to resign. Like and if I I was considering resigning it for a discount, I'm definitely not doing that moving forward because you know, you just don't feel safe in that position. But like you said, he has a really good understanding of the business. So I don't think he's like an emotionally hurt, but you still want to have some control of your future. And then in Karis Avert, like, I think he's probably you know slightly upset because this is the first major like trade rumors for him and he heard like a lot of positive things in regards to himself over the over the summer or over the offseason you know like oh the nets probably shouldn't trade carol avert for drew holiday and that's you know confidence for a young kid and now you're hearing like oh i'm not good enough to be a young star in a trade package probably not the best for him but he could always bounce back obviously there are other relationships there and Jared Allen, I don't feel like is very phased because I think he's always kind of known there was a possibility he was going to trade as soon as they signed DeAndre Jordan. And he seems just like, I'm going to just go play basketball and do my job type of guy. Obviously, he probably likes the Brooklyn franchise and everything, but he understands you know basketball. And he's been mentioned in trade rumors before, too. So it's nothing new for these guys. It just probably feels like this is the closest they've all been to actually being traded.
3: Yeah, and and look, uh, I think that if in the package the Nets would somehow get a P.J. Tucker or would able keep, this is going to sound sacrilegious, someone like Torian Prince to just still have rotation players. A because, lot of
2: reports had Torian Prince staying with Brooklyn like that. Yeah.
3: Houston doesn't want the
2: contract. And I've heard of Eric Gordon coming back as like a salary for well. the Nets.
3: Yeah, I've heard that as well. In in saying that the Nets need rotation players, if you're going to be a top-heavy team, you need to still have eighth and you would say if you're a Mike D'Antoni team, at least seven players. If you're a Kenny Atkinson team, you want 11 players in the rotation. But in saying that, I just think that bodies, whether it's Serge Ibaka, PJ Tucker, I think the one thing that I want to sort of bring to you to finish off with, Nick, after I asked the big question, or uh, just before I asked the big question to you is, does the Robert Covington trade indicate to you a higher likelihood of James Harden-Leveling, or does it not change anything for you?
2: I think it has to make it highly more high, more likely that he leaves because, like, Robert Covington's a guy they traded for to be better. Harden said he enjoyed playing with a guy like Robert Covington. They didn't upgrade in terms of players. They got two first-round picks. And Trevor Reza, who is James Harden's friend, but could easily be cut because his contract's only partially guaranteed. Same your uh, boy <laughs> Tillman Furtada <laughs> some money. <laughs> Save him some money. So, you know, I... I think that it makes it a little bit more likely. And then you heard reports that P.J. Tucker could possibly go into Phoenix. So that just makes it more likely. I think one thing that we didn't discuss probably that we should have mentioned a little bit more would be the Russell Westbrook aspect. If if things were going more smoothly for Westbrook to be traded and they were getting some type of positive package back, I feel like they might feel better about trading James Harden. But given the fact that they're getting no traction on a Westbrook trade and the only thing they're really getting offered is you know cap relief, It just makes it less enticing for them. And like, what are you going to have Westbrook? Then you're going to have all these young pieces, just not a great match. So I feel like Westbrook could be holding things back a little bit.
3: Yeah. I think all these factors, you know, play into the situation and ultimately James Harden, because at the end of the day, he is the superstar. If you are Houston. You know, you need to get the players around him. You know, he has said, you know, I've referenced this article on JBT before, you know, in a, a feature piece he did with Howard Beck. You know, he was, he was talking about, you know, turning 30. And as a person who recently turned 30, I could sort of like, you know, it made me think back on that. It's probably why. He's like, look, all I want is that chip and I think we're going to get it. And this season obviously didn't eventuate the way that that he wanted it to and they wanted it to in in Houston. And I think now it seems to me that it's championship or bust. He realizes that for his narrative and for his resume – he would elevate himself to being one of, if not obviously outside of uh, probably someone like Michael Jordan, be the best shooting guard in the history of the game if he were to get a chip. Now, Dwayne Wade and, and Kobe Bryant, these other sort of guys, certainly have something to say about that. But James Harden realizes what Kevin Durant did to his narrative, winning one in Golden State. Uh, I think that the recruitment from Kevin Durant is, all of these things seem to sway slightly into the Brooklyn Nets' favor. And I guess it leads me to asking Nick, By the time we do our next Brooklyn Buzz, (laughs) will James Harden be a Brooklyn Net?
2: Oh, man, I I, before I answer the question, let me just talk a little bit about while you kind of got me excited in terms of like the combination of the relationship, just like all these factors and James Harden, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving all kind of having this chip on their shoulder. It just like makes you believe that these guys understand the opportunity in front of them and that they'd really cherish this, you know, this team that they could have and they'd want to be an all time great team. I'm not saying they're going to be the best team ever, but they want to kind of have their stamp on history. And, you know, if you're on one of these teams that dominates for the next three years, KD was already part of that. James Harden hasn't been. Kyrie really hasn't been. If they're on those on that type of team, it's only going to boost them in terms of like their all-time ranking. So I could see all the guys kind of buying in and the chemistry kind of being better than what people imagined. And to answer your question, uh, when do we have our next podcast scheduled? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Normally the weekend, but I have a feeling that, you know, the Nets might get like, Garrett Temple and decline his option and we might have to do a pot or something like that.
2: Ah, oh, man, this is tough. I honestly, I really don't know. I don't know. I think if I gave you a percentage on the chances that James Harden's a net before the beginning of the season, I'd probably put it somewhere like 66%. Like, I think there's a 2-3 chance. Like, there's still that little chance that Houston might hold out. But I think almost eventually James Harden is on the net's unless they make another move, unless Bradley Beal or some other star becomes available, because it just feels like they'll likely sit on that package and maybe make a small move, you know, around the edges, not, you know, Bruce Brown, but maybe a forward or something like that. And then make a move for James Harden next offseason or even maybe at the deadline. I just think James Harden of Brooklyn seems almost like I don't want to say a lock because things can change. Other teams can pop in. The Nets could change their mind. But it's, it's very likely at this point it's just kind of a matter of when and that could be 2020, it could be 2021.
3: Yeah I, I, it seems like we could see the team and James Harden uniting in some form or another. I'm I'm a I'm a 50-50 on it. You know, I'm not necessarily as confident as you. I think that the longer it drags on the more it it seems to me that he's going to stay or another team jumps in and swoops in with, you know, whether it's a Ben Simmons or, or a drawing beat or whatever it might be, or a Michael Porter jr. I think that there's stuff happening behind the scenes that we may not know about. And I just, uh, it's fun to chat about it and It's fun to speculate, but I'm not counting my chickens until they're hatched or roosted, Whatever, whatever that, I'm not good at analogies, especially after I've been teaching for seven hours. Um, but it's, fascinating I think to just think the thing
2: that gives me confidence is that like pooch has reported that it was verbally agreed to and then somebody else who has you know no say in the fight is also reporting the same thing and and like i know Wo- uh, Woj's tone kind of changed a little bit today compared to yesterday but everybody was really saying other than shams over these last couple of days that like it's a more of a matter of when for james harden than you know if he's staying in houston like he could stay in houston but it just kind of seems pointless you know what i mean like it's just like, what What are they going to do? They're not going to win a championship. They're not going to upgrade the roster. They just trade away one of their best players. It just doesn't really make any sense. But obviously, you know, the Rockets haven't necessarily made a ton of sense all the time anyways.
3: Yeah, one last thing. I sort of, I talked about how the fact that the longer it drags on, the more likely it could be that another team swoops in or Houston retains him. Could we also see the longer it goes on and if Brooklyn are the only team that remains in the four, could it mean that it's just like, look, we know he wants to come here. We're not giving you the unprotected ones. We're going to make them protected top three, top five. Could that be a situation in a scenario that could happen? I think so. I think, uh, like I said, as the contract gets shorter, the
2: pressure just gets on Houston because the value gets a little bit less. And then all of a sudden, Ari gets to the offseason and... Now, no other team really wants to trade for him. It gets to the point where you're at Kawhi Leonard and you're the Raptors and you're trading DeMar DeRozan and Yaka Pertl and getting one of these great players for a year. And if you're Houston, you don't want to be in that situation. So if I'm the Rockets, I might play with the Nets for a little bit, but I think I'd probably want to get the deal done before the season started. Or if not, I want to get it done by the deadline because I'm still maintaining my leverage. Soon as you hit the offseason, now the nets are getting all the power and that's when like you said jack you can start cutting the picks and you can start saying eh, maybe but then Nets also are going to lose spencer dinwiddie too because he'll be a free agent so that'll be one less person they can trade and jared allen will be a restricted free agent sure so, so yeah so things get a little bit more difficult but i think his value is going to drastically drop when it becomes a one-year deal obviously there's yeah. two years technically with the player option but the value poop
3: i love that sound let's end with that sound on the podcast let's we just need a sound gif that uh from nick fay with the poop now i don't know what's gonna happen nick you're going to bed soon um i'm sure i will wake I you up i was kind of with- happy
2: i had to stay up because i was like well if a woge bomb does happen like i'm well awake and like me and jack are ready to go i was like kind of praying it would happen at like eleven thirty, right before we got on
3: I mean, the last time that I was up till like midnight my time, which in America, oh man, it's like eight AM your time, was mm-hmm. when Sean Steve Nash was announced, yeah. and I was about to go to bed at like midnight, and it was a weeknight. I'm like, man, I should really go to bed. But then this dropped, and I was talking about it and dm and you, and you were like on your way to work, and you didn't see it for like two hours. Who knows? Um, plenty of things and have happened already. You know, the outlets doing gangbusters. JBT, we had a good episode there. But yeah, the Nets stuff—it's crazy. It's an absolutely crazy time to be a Brooklyn Nets fan, and we're going to be breaking everything down from Bruce Bowen to the Jaran Musa departure to freaking James Harden, the Strip card the Strip Strip Club God. I was going to say Strip Club God. Strip Club God could be heading to Manhattan. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting.
2: I'll just say this too: If the Nets get James Harden, I'll be super happy. If they're able to make any move still going to be a really really good team going into next season jack always a pleasure and i'm sure we'll be talking soon
0: nobody builds 5g like verizon builds 5g because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in america and the more you do with 5g the more building it right matters the more your network matters the more verizon engineers going the extra mile matters it's us pushing us it's verizon versus verizon 5g built right from america's most reliable network most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.